Welcome to another episode of the Belter Wire. My name is William Brown, Content Manager with Belter, and in today's episode, Lance Taylor, Field Sales Manager with Belter's Beverage Division, speaks with Nick Reistad, co-owner of Raised Grain in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Paying homage to his father's woodworking shop, Raised Grain signifies the craft of their doctor brewers that are focused on elevating grain to its most distinguished form that can be experienced in the beer they craft. All right, listeners, welcome to another episode of The Belter Wire. What a thrill uh, it is today. We are in uh, a balmy Friday uh, in February here. In fact, it's Valentine's Day, and we are with Mr. Nick Reistad of Raised Grain Brewing. Nick, how are you today, sir? I'm great. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. And in the most romantic of fashions, we are uh, decked out with podcast stuffs and what a great day to do so so thank you so much for sitting down and sitting with us my pleasure how are you doing how is your family we're great uh we're we're i've got two families i've got the family at home and then i've got the family at raised grain and it's a it's a really fun group of people to work with we're always pushing each other challenging each other and uh making some great beers and selling them absolutely and that's uh, that is prevalent we'll get into your story a little bit in, in our discussion here and obviously you know you've went from, gone from one location to the next and so we're kind of excited to kind of dive into what makes you guys so successful and obviously that attitude that you just shared right there is part of it so awesome happy to hear it i guess really uh, what we want to discuss is with the belter wire podcast we just discuss many different perspectives and different industries that we do work with within uh belter as a company and so this is a great opportunity really just to dive into you know the brewing industry which is one of our major uh industries that we serve and what better uh brewery to work with than the one just down the road from us uh so thank you again just kind of how did you guys start how did the idea of a brewery begin when did you begin if you don't mind just kind of sharing the the origin story raised grain started probably in the back of my mind when i was a uh, i was a professional cyclist in a past life so i got to travel around the world racing bicycles uh doing bike races over in europe i was on the national team for three years that was based in a tiny house in a small village in Belgium. So the only thing to do at the end of the day was to head down to the square and have a nice Belgian beer. Awesome. So that was in 2005, 2006. And um, then I raced stateside for a year as well. But you you go there, you have those beers, you come back. And then that was right when the craft scene was just starting to take off. So I started to notice that there were other really delicious, very different beers that were all over the U.S. when I travel out to California or San Diego or somewhere in the, the Northeast trying all these different beers from breweries that um, in some cases had been around for a long time and other cases were just starting up and getting things figured out. Sure. So it was exciting. Um, then uh, in 2009, after racing, and I think it was something like 15 countries um, That's awesome. and actually getting paid to do that, I ended up having a career change um, when I was 27. So I got into advertising and um, I guess the excitement that I'd become accustomed to wasn't really there, even though I really liked advertising, marketing. So I started thinking, what am I going to do with my life? And wrote a business plan for a brewery because it seemed like it would be fun to do and it entertained me. And what I really liked about beer is that it's something that brings people together. Yes. So I started working on a business plan, connected with a neighbor of mine uh, when I was growing up, and he knew two guys that are still doctors to this day, but they're also brewers. So 
he brought us together on September uh, 14th, in, sorry, September 19th, 2014. And I'm the young guy in the group. And at 4 a.m., I said, guys, I got to call it a night. And that, <laughs> that's really where it, it uh, took off. So yeah. we, we hit it off. The We were hanging out in Scott, one of the two doctors' basements, and he had just a fascinating homebrew system, okay. eight beers on tap in his basement, and we're trying all of these. And um, they were fantastic. They were delicious. We still have a number of them on tap sure. today in the tap room and out in distribution in the market. Okay. So we hit it off. Um, they were excited and wanted to open a brewery. Jimmy is the, uh, the, the other doctor. So Scott's a dermatopathologist. It's easier to say after you've had a couple. Right, okay. Jimmy's a vascular physician. And then uh, our other partner, Kevin, is a successful local entrepreneur. So it's a really good team. We've yeah. got the science. We've got the, the marketing, advertising. And we have a lot of fun to, yeah, together. Right. That's awesome. Very cool. That's definitely a unique story. That makes a lot of sense. Did any breweries in particular inspire you? Like when you're saying you're on the East Coast or West Coast? Um. It's hard to say. I think they all, they all, uh, each have their own little impact. I mean, sure. you're drinking West Coast IPAs when you're out on in California, and I spent the better portion of each beginning of the year out in California. That's where sure. the races were. That's where, um, that's where all the the scene was. So you're traveling up and down the coast, whether you're in San Francisco, San Diego, LA, in between. Sure. So there were all these hoppy beers that I was trying and. Um, I don't even know if I remember some of the breweries that I was at at sure. that point because yeah. you're flying in and it wasn't like I was drinking too much because I'm racing bikes at that point. You yeah. got to you gotta focus on what you're <laughs> right. doing. Yeah, you got to feel but, good the next day. Yeah, you, you taste these flavors and they're like flavors I had never tasted before. Yeah. Over in Belgium, they always corrected our pronunciation, but Leffe, uh, uh Brun was one of the favorite ones, Grimbergen. Okay. So you can get those here now. Yeah. <clears throat> But when I came back in 2005, I ended up paying, I ended up paying about a hundred euro in extra baggage fees because I had so much beer yeah. to share with my dad. Yeah. That is such a cool organic story of just kind of a, you know, and that lends itself to a lot of the styles that you guys brew mm -hmm. now too, obviously. Um, I guess I'm curious, you know, when you first sat down, um, with the doctors and you guys were having some of those beers, some of the eight that were on draft right away. And you said that you still have some of them. I'm just curious, are any of those like the flagships of today still, like the Naked Threesome or Paradox Na Rat? Naked Threesome didn't come around until later, and I don't think that style had even been invented yet in 2014, the Hazy IPA. Sure. Maybe it had. Um, but Paradox Red was one of the, the ones that we were drinking that yeah. night, and um, they named it that after themselves, a pair of doctors. Absolutely. That makes and sense. that was... So Scott and Jimmy started brewing, I think it was about five years before I came along. Okay. They, they started brewing together. And Paradox was the, I think it was the third beer that they brewed together. And it was the first all-grain recipe that they brewed on the system that was down in Scott's basement. Yeah. And then fast forward a couple of years, that won a gold medal at the Great American Beer yeah, Festival. Yep, I was going to, there you go. So <laughs> That's awesome. that, was, that was pretty cool. And we've just been in growth mode ever since we opened our doors in 2015. So. Okay. I think it was 2016 we won that, and we were building out a food truck. I was heading off to an Oktoberfest event. Okay. So we had about five minutes to high-five each other and celebrate, and then it was back to work. <laughs> right? You got to keep going. I mean, so kind of naturally flowing into that. So obviously you started in one location, 
moved into this nice, new, beautiful brewery and tap room. Um, just curious what that transition is like. I mean, it seems like there's probably a lot that is in, entailed in that. Um, can you kind of talk through that? And primarily, yeah. I mean, you obviously have your fans and people who really like the brewery that started at the original location. How did you kind of communicate the, you know, the move and keep your consumers in the know with that? So about a year and a half into our original location, we were brewing on a seven-barrel all-electric system. Only had a few fermenters, and we we knew we were going to hit a ceiling. And then a few months later, we were uh, probably over capacity or under capacity, whatever the case is, where we would literally run out of beer in our cooler yeah. every week, and we're praying for a weekend of rain so we can catch back up because we have orders to get beer into baseball stadium yeah and we knew we had to squeeze that brew in but we're just flying through beer so quickly we also had reached uh kind of the threshold for the amount of people we could fit into our tap room it was a small space four thousand square feet all in that included offices restrooms cold storage um so we were we were just really tight and then we'd throw our anniversary parties and get a couple thousand people to come in and we had to grow that year after year and big tent outside so we knew we needed a larger space. So about about a year and a half in, we started looking for uh, another place where we could put in a big brewery that could uh, that we could grow into, and then a tap room that would allow us to feature the beers that we have and and who we are as a brewery. So we landed on a spot about a, a mile and a half away, and we figured we're not going to really lose any customers by moving a couple couple miles down the road, and. Uh, then when we got to the transition point, we just picked a date, and it was um, early December. We closed for a week because we had to pull a lot of equipment out and move it over, sure. and then said, we'll open up at the new spot. And uh, people knew that we had been under construction, so they're wondering when we're going to do it, and we didn't know because we had a lot of work to get done. Sure. So we just said, you'll know when you come and you pull on the door, and it's it's locked. And then we, <laughs> we had some big stickers printed, and we just slapped them on the outside of the door with directions to our new spot. Perfect. Yeah. So it worked out pretty well. We've got uh, a healthy Facebook following, and we've got a, a robust email list. So we were just able to blast that out. And then we hit the ground running in December, yeah. which is not necessarily the, the best time of year to switch over, but we were excited to showcase our, we were excited to showcase our new facility and, and just get it in front of people so that they could enjoy and get beer for the holidays, bring in their, their family, and show off their brewery. It's perfect. It was, a, it was an exciting time. Absolutely, yeah. That's awesome. And that's a good point, putting it that way, like their brewery. Because, I mean, really, people do take pride in, in their city's brewery, I think, quite a bit, especially when people come into town. Like, let's check it out. So Yeah, when we first opened up, um, just this tiny little brewery out in the Burbs outside of Milwaukee, we had so many people come in and say, thank you for choosing Waukesha. Yeah. We want to have something like this out here, and your beer's awesome, and... You guys are nice people, so thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Something that, you know, city was missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I grew up in Waukesha, so, you know, I take pride in it as well. Along with that move, you kind of talked a little bit about having a food truck at the initial location. Obviously, you don't have space for a kitchen. Um, now you have a little bit more room to play with, mm-hmm. and you made the decision to have the full kitchen. Right. Um, and I know plenty of people who come in 
for the food, you know, primarily at some points and then, you know, have a beer or two. Well, for your listeners that don't know where Wisconsin is, we're in the the northern half of the United States and it tends to get a little cold in the the winter months. So there were there were a couple uh, couple days where we had to close the food truck because we couldn't get water out to the truck where the pipes were frozen. And it was uh, it was a very precarious situation because we've got hoses it's not hard piped it's not hard wired it could we could hook it up and pull it away at any point if we wanted to yeah even though it ended up being a stationary food truck out back um so we had to we had to close it down when it was super super cold sure. and there was nothing you could do and and our 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 chef and our our cooks were really uh, they were really tough because it would get cold in there when we were open their feet would get cold and there's no insulation on underneath so we we tried to insulate the trailer as best we could yeah and then on hot days it would just get super super hot because in the summers in august it's 90 95 degrees super humid oh yeah so they they experienced both ends of the spectrum and we figured we'd be nice to them when they they came over to the new place and we built a kitchen out we also i mean we went from we went from four thousand square feet all in including brewery and everything to having a tap room that's about 5,000 square feet. Yeah. So we knew we needed to have a, a larger kitchen. It is definitely spacious in here, and all the windows just makes it look even bigger. And You know, the natural light, even on a balmy, what, negative two or whatever it is <laughs> today, it, it's, it's warm yeah, speaking and nice of cold weather, it's cold today. Yeah, it is a rough go today, yes. <laughs> uh, knuckle-cracking cold, for sure. So, I, again, with some of the names of your of your brands and flagships you've got some quite fun ones you know like when i go to a bar it's fun ordering a naked threesome and you know it always raises an eyebrow that's for sure yeah um but just curious just some of the naming conventions like how did you come up with some of them paradox red we already covered but what's that like with your team like when somebody comes up with it do you let the brewer come up with the name is it more on your end with the marketing side uh it comes from all over um paradox was an easy one because that tells the story usually brainstorming involves a, a couple beers yes um throwing a lot out there that have either been taken already which is most likely the case yes that's and the then um something that conveys the experience that you want the the customer to have when they're drinking that beer yeah. naked threesome is a little bit of a unique story because that one that one came out of a series we were doing we wanted to play around with single hops so we started a series off that we brewed three single hop beers and then we wanted to combine those three hops at the end into the the culmination of the series so we started calling it the naked hop series really clean malt bill showcasing the hot the hops that we were using yeah and then we're kind of a ready fire aim type group or at least we were in the beginning um where we rolled out the series we didn't really think what the the final beer was going to be scott my partner uh wanted I don't, I don't even remember what it was, but I wasn't keen on it. I wasn't really coming up with any good ideas. And our our bar manager at the time came up with a name and, and said, uh, what if we called it the Naked Threesome? And we both looked at each other and said, well, we'll need to check with our wives on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they laughed and said, sure, do whatever you want to. Yeah. And it's, it's about the three hops. So yeah. we've got three hops. Um, we ran that series a couple of years, and then we brewed the series or the, the beer that it is now and it was a huge hit people loved it couldn't get enough of it we couldn't brew it fast enough uh so we we ended up killing the the series that it 
evolved out of and just keeping the naked threesome sure. as it is today. Yeah. And is that your top seller? It is. Yep. Yeah. It's about 30% of our production. And then we have a, we have quite a few other, um, other beers that, that rounded out. Just as far as tap room again, just obviously good food, good beer. What, if people haven't been here before and they already know that everything is fantastic, what are ways that you bring people into the tap room? I mean, I know you said social media, but what kind of a, like events do you host or, or um, activities like that? We design the space so that we can host any number of events, whether it's just a Friday night and we're busy and we want to make a comfortable environment for people, or um, we specifically sized our, our beer hall so you can set up bags sets or cornhole, whatever sure. you want to call it, um, so that you have enough length to have an official court. So when we got the plans back from our architect, we had her elongate the room a little bit so we could fit in fit in bags. Yeah. So it's everything from um, corporate events to uh, any other you know birthday parties, all sorts of events that are coming in to use the space we have. But then we wanted to create different experiences within within the tap room. So if you come in and you want more of a traditional dining opportunity, we have that. If you want super casual at the bar, we've got that. And then we're sitting in the, the brewer's lounge right now. And it's, it's like very speakeasy. Very casual. <laughs> you can sit back and, and have some private conversations with your friends or coworkers right. or whatever the conversation is and just feel really comfortable. So whatever you whatever you want, you can come in and you could come in on different nights and have different experiences all sure. within the same tap room. And that yeah. was something that we wanted to we wanted to create because it is a, a relatively new building and when we first walked in it was just wide open so yeah. we didn't want to have people walk into a warehouse and feel like there's just gusting wind absolutely so yeah. that was that was something we wanted to avoid and i think we've done a pretty good job of breaking up the space and making a cool uh cool spot for people to come and hang out uh, absolutely i mean you guys did a fantastic job in here and one thing that Belters kind of talked a lot about is the whole concept of premiumization. And what that really means exactly is, you know, just making a, a much better experience. And how do we go about making something more of a premium experience? So I'm just curious. I mean, obviously, with the new location and everything being new, and I mean, it's beautiful in here. You definitely have a nice feeling when you come in. I'm curious, what steps do you take to uh, make sure people have a premium experience and is that something that really crosses your mind? I would say it's the only thing that crosses our mind. Sure. We have we have expensive to produce beers, so you have to charge what you need to charge to make it work on the, the back end, on the production side. But then outside of the beer, you've got to have a premium experience when you come in. So we have an awesome staff behind the bar. A lot of our beer tenders are just really well educated on beer, and they work here because they want to work here and they have fun working here so that really shines through when a customer walks in they have a they have an awesome experience because the person on the other side of the bar wants to tell them about the beer that they're drinking and wants to make sure that they're just having an awesome time so i think that really helps beyond the physical side of things because we just have awesome people shining through and every time you come in you're going to have that interaction that that elevates what you're doing and gives you a, a fun time yeah absolutely i would agree and i mean just knowing from my experience with you and being able to label some things and the glassware that we've been able to do for you guys mm -hmm. obviously you know you have very specific glassware chosen which on my end obviously being a glass geek it's you know that makes a huge difference <laughs> though you know if you're drinking out of a stemmed glass and it's a higher abv then you're sitting in this brewer's lounge part you can kind of swirl it around and yeah 
you know, you can really enjoy it. I, I would say that mm-hmm. absolutely adds to it as well. I guess one other point is just what kind of advice would you have for anyone, any other brewers? I mean, um, or anyone that's thinking about getting into it, <laughs> especially <laughs> Adv- in this yeah, state. <laughs> advice for people getting into it. You're going to work hard, harder than you probably ever thought you'd work. Yeah. And uh, if that's what you're looking for, you'll probably have a good go at it. As far as other brewers, I don't know. I'm looking to them for advice. Sure. <laughs> that's a good point. They're very interesting, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. I don't want to put you on the spot there. <laughs> yeah, that's about all that I've got here, really. I really appreciate your time, Nick, with uh, Raised Grain. Obviously, I wish you guys all the best success in, in moving forward and look forward to seeing what 2020 looks like for you guys. I know you have some exciting new products coming out. Is there anything that you want to push while you've got an opportunity here or anything to promote or anything you're excited about? We're just excited to be in, in craft beer when it's growing and it's, it's fun and exciting for not only us, but for our customers as well. It's, it's a cool time and it's been a cool project to work on and we're looking forward to five more years and five beyond that. And As are we. So thank you for all of your efforts. Yeah, Lance, thank I know you. I enjoy the fruits of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheers, Nick. Thank you so much. Cheers. Uh, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Belter Wire podcast. Remember, you can visit us at belter.com for all of your restaurant supply, beverage, hospitality, janitorial, and licensed branding needs.